Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, welcome everyone to FMC. I am Jeremy. This is SP3. SP3, how you doing, buddy? I am doing wonderful this morning. Friday mornings are one of my favorites. Spend time with my family and then get get on here with another family man. And Jeremy, talk about anything but the W word that ends with ling. Uh, so it's West always... wing? <laughs> no, that ends with ling. <laughs> oh, you said Ling. Okay. I thought you said Ing. I was like, oh, West Wing. Uh, I ruined my own joke. What can you do? <laughs> but yes, it's always a great time talking NBA, getting people upset. And I, I've been doing a lot of that. On, uh, you have. You've, you've been abusing <laughs> the uh, FMC NBA Twitter account. I set it up and did like one tweet and then I got so busy with everything else that I kind of, now it's just like a burner because so many people have me blocked on Twitter. Like I, I didn't realize I was blocked by certain people. So yes. now it's just like, oh, well now I can just use this as a burner for like to look at tweets and stuff. Um, and I haven't actually like tweeted from it, but you, you're over here with these, uh, these pro Kyrie tweets and, and pissing off LeBron fans and everything you're gonna upset me with these pro Kyrie tweets oh i love it i'm loving the pro Kyrie tweets because people don't know uh it's me all the time so i have family bias (laughs) that's the greatest part of it like just being calling him the greatest uh part-timer since brock lesnar in 2014 (laughs) i've been i've been pissing people off at it and we even got a new follower so guys ladies ladies and gentlemen you you need to be a part of this movement if you're a subscriber a follower of of jeremy or myself or just the fightful overbook youtube channel fmc underscore mba for some hot takes on all things basketball oh man let's talk about Kyrie Irving you I don't know how much you believe this but you said that he's going to be the MVP if he could have played in every single game your Jokic bias is just something else it's something else here it's kind of become my like bit well (laughs) it's kind of a hater on Nikola Jokic Hey, he deserves it. He he played well against against the the Sixers. What you know. He deserves it. He's he's. I got him winning MVP right now. He's my front runner. 
What? Yes. I got him over Embiid. I got him over Embiid. Flabbergasted. <laughs> this is I'm not man. I'm not doing a bit. I'm not joking. I think he what he has done with that roster. That roster is not good. What he yeah. has done with that roster, like he should be the MVP. Their record is the same as Philadelphia. His numbers are just as good as Embiid. He he offers more on the court than Embiid. His defense isn't as bad as people want to make it out to be. It's not Embiid's levels, but like it's still yeah. good. Offensively, he's a better offensive player than Embiid. I, I don't know about that. I, I He could do more things on the court. I'll give you that. But I wouldn't say he's a better offensive player. I think Embiid knows how to get the ball in the basket more than so him. Did, what, Jokic does too? Hey, hey, hey. All I will say oh. is that Jokic in the next week, by the time we talk about this subject again, he could be a seventh or eighth seed, and you're telling me he's the MVP? Oh, we're talking. Okay, that's next week. He could also be a four seed. Hey, hey, hey! It's more <laughs> likely for him to be a seven seed at the very least because the Timberwolves are on fire, and you know, you know, you know me more than anyone as a Laker fan knows that the Timberwolves are on fire at, after they clowned our our butts, and I don't even want to really talk about that because I got the stat that I think on uh, January something we we uh, the Lakers and the Timberwolves were twenty four and twenty four, both teams. Since then, the the Timberwolves are six, 17 and six, while the Lakers are five and sixteen. Lakers are trash. We'll get to the Lakers here in a second. Let's get back to Embiid against Jokic. Embiid is only better at putting the ball in the basket because he gets to the line eleven times, nearly twelve times a game. Eleven point nine free throws per game. He gets ten points, ten points per game, just off of free throws. That's a part of the game, ladies and gentlemen. He's okay, but come he's on, doing what he needs to do to get come the on. ball in the rim. He's 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 pal. He, no one knows how to defend him in the paint in the block because he, he just he's very hard and esque where he just flails his arms around and just tries to draw a bunch of fouls. It's garbage. It's garbage basketball. It works for him, ladies and gentlemen. garbage basketball. This man is averaging nearly 30 points per game, four and a half assists, 11 and a half rebounds. Like, this is, like, you cannot rob this man of MVP. He should have won MVP last year. Jokic is at 26 points, so he is only three, four points. We'll say four points because Embiid is at 29.9. He's four points behind uh, Embiid, right? But he also Embiid he gets four more points off of free throws, so yes. that that's where he makes up the four points right there. So he hey, gets four it's more not, points. It's, it's not throws. his fault that they are both seven feet tall and only one of them knows how to get in the block and draw fouls. It's his it's his fault that, that he gets called differently and he foul hunts, unlike Jokic. It's his fault for that. Embiid is at, or Jokic is averaging more rebounds, 13.8 compared to 11.4. Two more rebounds, so you can't use rebounds. Assist, Embiid's at 4.4. Jokic is at 8.1, so nearly double the assist total as well. So you're going to say four points is the difference? Four free throw points is the difference? Between and he's, he's doing better in his his conference than it, than the Nuggets. Barely. Are. Yes, I, yes, I Barely. know the Nuggets. Yes, I know the Nuggets. The What's Nuggets the have, have a beaten. Yes, they have the same record. But the okay, Nuggets so he's not even a, doing better. This is ridiculous. He's this not is, even doing you're, better. You're trying to rob. Wins. 
42 wins compared to 42 wins. It's the same amount of wins. So if the Nuggets, if you flipped conferences, the, the Nuggets would be in the same spot that the Sixers are in. But we and can't look at the conferences. We can't look at the rosters. Conferences. What look at look at MB's roster before James Harden got here. It's the same. Was, Tobias Harris much. is better than anybody that uh the Nuggets have. That's our Tobias Harris is better than anybody that the Nuggets have. I'll take I'll take MPJ over over he's been uh, hurt all season. So he's been what? hurt all I, season. I, I, that I doesn't count. Take- He's been hurt all season. You can't say, oh, I'm going to take this injured player. I would, too, if he was healthy all season, but he hadn't been healthy all season. Hey, yes, Jokic has ridiculous numbers. He's nearly averaging a triple-double. I am not taking anything away from him. I I am even going off of my stance that Ja Ja Morant is is a higher MVP candidate. It is a one-two race. It is is just Jokic and Embiid. I feel like Giannis, you know. uh, Giannis is playing really well lately. Yeah, Giannis Giannis has even eclipsed Ja Morant for me, where I put him at number three. Then I would put DeRozan, then I would put John Moran. John Moran has gone from two to five since in the last week for me because the gap between the Suns and the and the Grizzlies have widened in the past week as well. So that is all. It's all about because for years, I've been watching the NBA for 30 years. For years, it's always been, been about your place in the conference. So at the, at the end of the day, the Westbrook Nuggets, changed that. Westbrook changed that. Though. He like, shouldn't have. Kobe Bryant should. I am. <laughs> yes, I am still bitter about Kobe Bryant with Smush Parker, Chris Mim. He should have won the MVP. And the fact that he didn't nearly 15 years ago, no one who is below a six seed should ever win the MVP, in my opinion. And Embiid should have won it last year if he didn't get injured late into the season. I'm not not trying to rob Embiid of another MVP. He deserves it this year. He's been the catalyst holding the Sixers team together. Tobias Harris is good, but he's not consistent enough for you to say that that he he's like this great number two. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying props Embiid from being MVP. I'm not saying Tobias Harris is that good of a number. He's definitely not a number two player. I'm saying he's better than anybody on the Nuggets roster, though, that's been healthy. He's better than anybody on the Nuggets roster that's been healthy. So, so what are what are we doing here? Are we? Are and we now gonna... he's ha- he's got Harden. Now he's got Harden. And beats or Jokic still has nobody. Hey, that's not that's not uh that's not Embiid's fault. Embiid is still it's playing not, but like an MVP. Look at the rosters. He's still playing like an MVP. If the Nuggets can get into the top five seed, then yes, I will concede this argument and I will say, Jokic, you deserve the MVP. But until that, until they get out of this six seed, I'm sorry, I'm not giving. You're basing it to this it. off of just seeding when they have yes. the same record. Yes, because that's your whole always, argument. It's always been about seating it's always it got changed with westbrook like it or not it got changed with westbrook that's a mirage that's the exception to the rule that's not the rule that rule didn't change the 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 sixers have two players they got maxi and harris averaging 17 they've been on the team all season they're averaging 17 points and you like points so much they're averaging 17 points and then harden's been averaging 22 points since he got there you know the highest score on the nuggets besides Jokic. Will Barton with 14, 14 points per game. They're getting out of this, man. 
Hey, I, all I will say is that Will Barton is a good player, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think I think <laughs> I think I think people are sleeping on Will Barton. Will Barton can put the ball in the basket. And he's, he's got 14 play. points. Tobias Harris hey. is 17. Maxi has 17. He doesn't put the ball in the basket better than the two best Sixers. Hey, it is quite impressive that that Jokic is leading is leading the Nuggets in every statistical category from points, rebounds, assists, steals, and block. He is is no doubt their most their most valuable player but he has four other guys averaging double figures michael porter jr although he's been hurt he only played played nine nine games games. you're not getting telling me nine games of michael porter jr counts for anything that is that is a big difference nine games is better than zero that ben Ben simmons played for the harden played like nine games so if you're gonna discount harden then you gotta discount michael porter jr so you're telling me that nine games is gonna stop uh Joel Embiid from winning the MVP. He deserves it. You're telling me nine games of Michael Porter Jr. matters, so yes. He deserves it, ladies and gentlemen. I I deserves. Not, I care about I, numbers I, and stats. Hey, I care about numbers and stats too. And Joel Embiid is is the leader on all for the Sixers in points, in rebounds, in assists. In blocks, he is leading. He is leading his team by example. He deserves to be the MVP. He got robbed of an MVP last year, and he still he is doing the thing. He, they can get up to the second seed. They could be a number two seed by the time the season ends, and we're gonna deny him the MVP. Wouldn't Harden have a, a factor in that though? Wouldn't Harden have a factor if they get the second seed? Yeah, if you if you want to give Harden an award for for best midseason pickup, yes, great. <laughs> but it doesn't take away the MVP from Embiid. I, I agree that Harden doesn't fully take it away from Embiid, but what it does do is it gives it gives it to Jokic. Jokic takes it away from Embiid by just being better this season. He's not been better this season. He has this been. Is- this is it's most valuable player. It's they most are, valuable they, player. They have been on the same level this most of this season. Yes, Jokic is a better passer than him. He's been getting more rebounds because, like you said, he doesn't have much on his team to get rebounds, ladies and gentlemen. He does have a couple of guys who can average double figures, but not a lot of guys that can do rebounding. Tobias Harris averaging like seven rebounds or so for the Sixers. So yeah, he, he's gonna he's he's rebounds. not gonna he yeah he's yeah he's averaging seven rebounds for the Sixers. You, uh, James Harden's been averaging seven since he's arrived. So he's given up the rebounds. So the rebounds <laughs> ain't a big difference here. He's given it up. He's given it up. James Harden averaging... If Embiid is averaging 13 rebounds, this argument doesn't change. I, yes, I don't care does. about rebounds. Yes, it does. I do not care about rebounds. You're telling me a guy, a guy averaging 30... 13... Well, he, what, he, well, let's just say his numbers off the bat. 30, 11... Four, four assists and one and a half blocks is not going to win MVP. And he's a third. Yeah, when a guy is averaging 26, 13, and eight. And nearly that's, a block per game as well. That's great. That's I've, seen, I've, I've, seen guy, I've seen guys average more assists than the MVP of the season before. This has happened all before, but we are talking about who is the most valuable to his team. And right. all season long, it's been Joel Embiid. If you take if you take Embiid off of the Sixers, be pre Harden, pre Harden, they're they're not good. I, I completely no. can see that. It's not a good they, team. They're, they're a last seed. I don't know if they're quite last seed. They're last Post, seed. with Harden. With Harden, they're at least fighting for for a playoff spot. 
with Harden, this team is still fighting for a playoff. If you take Jokic off of the Nuggets, that team is 100% a last seed. Who is doing anything, anything on this team if Jokic is off I guarantee you. That, look at the – man, the West The West has some awful teams. I don't know what's happened to the West. I remember when the West was – The Thunder. The, 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 I, look, I've been watching enough Thunder. The, that Thunder team, much better than the Nuggets without Jokic. Shea, Shea's the best player on the floor I, if you I'll take you, Jokic off. I'll tell you what. The team I've been watching the, the most, the Lakers are not better than the Nuggets <laughs> without Nikola <laughs> Jokic. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. The Rockets are not better than the Nuggets without Jokic. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Nuggets wouldn't be the last seed in the West. The West is horrible. The bottom half of the West from nine all on it's not, it's not good. good teams it's not good team and this is like the reverse of what i've grown up with my entire yeah. life the entire my entire life like the five through through the rest of the eastern conference was always bad and now the eastern conference is the harder conference and the sixers are a three seed with a guy that's averaging 30 and 11 he deserves mvp Jokic deserves mvp over Embiid. This Nuggets team is awful. It's awful. It's all when Jokic sits, they get outscored. And I watched, I watched the the, the Westbrook MVP season. I watched just about every game from that season and the playoffs. It really showed. Like Westbrook couldn't sit for more than two seconds, and they got outscored by about twenty points in that time. At least when Embiid sits, especially now with Harden, like they're they're still fine. They're, they're still fine. Harden hurts Embiid right now. And, like, I don't think that's totally fair to Embiid because he has had a great season. Look, he's had a great season. I have him number two. It's very close for me. But Harden's there now, and that's just going to – it's going to hurt him overall. If Jokic can maintain a similar pace, a similar record, I think he's going to win. I'm not sleeping on Giannis either. I'm really not sleeping on Giannis at this point. Uh, Really, the only reason that we're not bringing him into the conversation is because he won one, and that's also another reason why Jokic doesn't need to win this season. He beat does. Two is is like kind of the cutoff, because Giannis, there is going to be voter fatigue with him. He's won two finals MVP championship last year. You can win back-to-back. I mean, Harden won won back-to-back. I don't know if he deserved all of them, but like he he won back-to-back. Giannis was back-to-back. Uh, most guys seem to win back to back, and I'm not saying that that is why Jokic is going to win, but you can typically get away with winning two straight before voters like, okay, let's give it to, to somebody else. So that's why I'm not discounting, like, oh, Embiid deserves to win. I'm looking at this season and who is actually the most valuable, and it, it is Nikolai Jokic. It is Joel, it's Embiid. not Joel Embiid just because he Joel flails Embiid. his arms around he's and acts like he's harder. injured on every play and gets to the free throw line. For uh, ten times more a game. Than, He's in the Jokic. harder conference, ladies and gentlemen, and they are. That's a Yogi's fault. They Jokic's were and, and ladies and gentlemen, they were a three seed before James Harden got here. It's so not Yogi's fault that the Lakers decided to suck and hey, and can't make can't, it's, can't win it's, a it's, game. It's not Joel Embiid's fault that the Sixers actually want to win a championship and the Nuggets are just doing nothing with the with that crappy. What are they doing? Nothing. They got injuries. They got, they got injuries, and Jokic is Wait. carrying them through those injuries. They had a whole trade deadline to make a move. What do you trade? What do you? They, they don't have anything to trade. What Will are you Barton. To trade? Will Barton is. <laughs> what are you Will getting Barton. for Will Barton? Will Barton's not good. He's not that good. That's why you can't get anything for him. 
I actually like Will Barton, but you're who are you trading Will Barton for? Will Barton would have gotten them something. They wouldn't have least, gotten them anything better than Will Barton. At least make an effort. I do agree without you. How do you not know they didn't make an effort? They didn't make an effort. They would have made a move if they didn't make an effort. I know because I'm a Laker fan and we didn't make an effort <laughs> during the trade deadline. So I let's, can, like, I let's can not see. talk about the Lakers front I office can, and compared to the Nuggets hey, front hey, office. Hey, Rob Palinka was doing a good job until they let LeBron into the front office. I'm just I'm standing by that argument, but I know when a team is not making an effort and the they the didn't Nuggets have any didn't pieces. They didn't have any pieces to to make an effort with. Hey, they they had nothing to trade. Jokic won the won the MVP last year when when Embiid got injured. He kind of won it by default because Embiid by got default. injured. We're not gonna deny Embiid another MVP because his team actually wants to win and made a move to improve their team because they had an All Star that didn't want to play on the Sixers. So. They I'm going to deny him being the, the MVP move. because Jokic has been better than him this season. That's why I'm denying Embiid the MVP. I'm not denying it because, oh, they went and got James Harden. If there was nobody else and Embiid was still the clear winner, then fine. But it's not clear. This is not clear cut. Jokic has been that good this season. Leland's bringing up Nash got back to back in a similar situation. And guess what? Kobe Bryant was better than Steve Nash both of the seasons that he won they MVP. Like doing, they like doing the back to back stuff. Like they, they just do. They really like it. doing it. And I think Jokic still deserves it over a beat, even if it's not back-to-back. But that is something, like, they just, for some reason, like, that's, that's just been a trend. They like doing the back-to-back stuff. It's very weird, but I, that's I a need more parity. There is more parity in who wins the championship than there is in MVPs. So I need more parity in my MVP. That means choose other people. Embiid, the whole season has been dominant. He's the leading scorer in the league. He's got. A, he's averaging. And he tied. It's like a five way tie for the no, league. It's, it's like it's like it's like point one yeah, difference it's, it's between insane. him, Giannis, yeah. and then point three between him and and LeBron. LeBron's probably gonna win it at the end because, like I said, he's trying anything to take LeBron. away take away from the fact that he's the reason <laughs> that put us in this position. So LeBron's, he's gonna win. Yeah, LeBron's like, I'm scoring 50 a game. What else do you want me to do? Like, what am I you, supposed to do here? You got all his minions on social media. Like, like you see, LeBron's doing everything. He scored 56. Come on. What are you talking about? He's putting it's, – it's him, and then everyone else is sucking around him. That's the <laughs> argument. That's always the argument with LeBron whenever his that team's going play that. Velma uh, says, Lakers can go lower than this. This ain't rock bottom. I'm, like – Probably. That's probably true. Honestly. Probably so. We could we could we could realistically at this point we're like I think three games ahead of the Spurs. We could realistically play ourselves out of the play in. Like we are at that we are at Spurs that danger zone. The Spurs got the Pelicans next. Like the Spurs gotta pick up some like victory. Like they barely beat the Thunder. It took a that was a great game, by the way. And I'm very happy Lonnie Walker made that three because I love any Thunder game that is like close and competitive. And then the final minute, the Thunder are just like, Yeah, let's just lose this game. It's tremendous. This young guy showing out, which is great, and then you still get the loss. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> I don't know if the Spurs actually have like the 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 firepower or or just I don't think they're good enough to like actually catch them, but the Lakers are trying their damnedest to let them catch up. <laughs> that team, dude. That team, I I don't know when you when you gave up watching, but like, oh man, I 
it's not even fun to like make fun of them. I know the Timberwolves are doing a lot of making. Yeah, fun they of they them, they but... had a they had a good old time telling well Patrick Beverly getting fuck his Patrick food. Beverly. Oh man, him going to the Lakers bench like he's garbage. He stinks. Oh my god, it's like, so like if I. If I was a, a, a neutral kind of fan when it came to Westbrook, and I fully admit that I'm not, and if it was like anybody but Patrick Beverly, if literally anybody, maybe Draymond, but like if anybody but Beverly is like doing this, I would probably think like when Towns was like, oh, the wind, like when Westbrook, came about, I was like, ah, that's funny. Patrick Beverly, though, man, that man killed OKC's best shot at a title when he fucked up Westbrook's knee. So yeah. no, I, Patrick Beverly can fuck off, but like, it's good banter. It's good trash talk, but because of what he did that one season and, and ruining that, that potential title team. Yeah. I can't, I can't get behind any type of Patrick Beverly trash talk, yeah, but look, it, man, it's actual real animosity between. Yes. Guys. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 And I mean, look, talk, talk your shit, Patrick Beverly. And if I would, again, a neutral party and didn't have like memories of what Beverly did and just like Westbrook and everything, I'd probably be like, ah, oh, yeah. Like what, let's be honest about Westbrook. That man talked a lot of shit. On his way up, he was yes. popping off on everybody. So like, it goes around when you're when you're falling like this. So like, I get it. Again, if I'm neutral, I'd be like, oh, Patrick, that that that's funny. That's funny stuff. But because it's Patrick Beverly, I am like, fuck Patrick Beverly. I I I, I totally agree with you. As a Laker fan, I've never liked Patrick Beverly when he was with the Rockets, when he was with the the Clippers. Now he's on the Timberwolves, and it's the Timberwolves. At the end of the day, it was very embarrassing because it's the Timberwolves, ladies and gentlemen. Towns is good though. And yeah, Towns you know, Towns, really Towns has been killing it. Sixty points. Uh, he's been he's been rocking. And like I said, seventeen and six since they were five hundred. They are the hottest team really in the West not name uh like i mean i don't even think i think they're hotter than the suns even so yeah i i just feel like they are on a roll right now they're feeling themselves and they decided to open cheeks on the la lakers and it's well deserved because we have 40 losses at this point we are not going to finish the season at 500 we are definitely ending the season below 500 for a team that i had as the number one overall seed as the beginning of this season no, it's not a good look. I'm not happy as a Laker fan. I'm ready for the season to be over. I I love Friday mornings, but I hate being being have to talk about this Los Angeles Lakers team because I don't even watch them anymore. I just see the highlights. I I I've even since last week when we um. Uh, you kind of bash Skip and Stephen A. I even watched some of uh, Skip and uh, Shannon talking about the Lakers, and even Shannon can't come up with an excuse for it. He was like, you want to know why the Lakers are, are playing like this? It's because they're bad. They're a bad yeah. team. He's like, he's like, Austin Reeves came in. He's in the starting lineup. Stanley Johnson's on a 10-day contract getting heavy minutes. This is not a good team. Where's, where's THT? They 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 were adamant about keeping THT. Like, oh no, we can't give up on him. Why is it this man, this all star that Lakers fans told us he not was? Me, not this Laker fan. Not this Laker fan. I've, uh, dude, you know me from the very beginning with THT. I was like, use him for a trade. Get him out of here it's because you're you're so high on them. You probably have convinced another team, a bad team, a similar bad team to us, to to put some value in him. You could have got Buddy healed at one point for THT. I heard that rumor. That like would, they should have done 
they should have done the the heel trade instead of the Westbrook trade anyway. Because yeah. like, I remember I remember that day. That that day was crazy because Woj is like, oh, they're getting healed. It was like Kuzma and, and I think Harrell and maybe like a draft pick or something. I think they were keeping KCP, but it yeah. wasn't as much. And then like two seconds later, Shams is like, nope, they're getting Westbrook for like these same pieces. And then KCP was thrown in to that. And I remember thinking like, ooh, that buddy heel trade's probably a better fit. Like I understand Westbrook's got the name and the star power and everything, but somebody's seen enough what, what Russell Westbrook. I, as a Thunder fan, my, my friend and I would always talk about what if like LeBron just came to OKC, played with Westbrook and stuff. Because LeBron always liked Westbrook. He always said nice things yeah. about him and whatnot. There's always respect there. And we were like, oh man, if LeBron came, like we were hype about it. It's just like LeBron and Westbrook. But then we thought about like the fit and everything. Like, oh no, that ain't gonna work. And now we're talking about this version. Of Russell Westbrook, I somebody somebody had this stat. I don't remember who it was, but I, I will. I'm, I'm gonna pull it up here. Since the All Star break, Russell Westbrook, 11 percent from three, 19 percent from mid range. It is like 62 percent at the rim, so like he is actually finishing well around the rim. 11 percent from three, 19 percent from mid range. I, I know you saw the clip of where Beverly is basically guarding the restricted area when he's supposed to be guarding Westbrook. He was just daring this man to shoot the basketball. Like, they didn't care at all. It, when this team makes the play-in games, I think they will, it's going to be just – the way they're going to guard Westbrook is going to be something else. It's going to yeah. be something else. He he is by far the worst three-point shooter in the NBA, he doesn't even take enough shots to be considered that. But when you just look at what he's done since the All-Star break, and these three-point attempts don't even look close. He's hitting the front of the rim. He's not even hitting the rim at all. He's hitting the backboard. It's embarrassing how people are guarding. They're guarding him with with more room than they used to guard Ray John Rondo. <laughs> And that's Rondo actually guy. turned into like a decent exactly when, when we won the championship in the bubble. He was hitting threes. He was he was nailing them. And I much rather want that Rondo over this Westbrook. This is I don't know what happened to him. Like he was playing really well in Washington, but it seems like the pressure of being in L.A. This big trade, you know, all the expectations. I don't think I don't think pressure expectations. It, very little to do about it. I think a lot of it comes down to he doesn't know what his role is. I don't think that's been defined. I, I maybe it has been defined, but like it's not the right role for him. And like he's just he's just kind of shot. Like yeah. it, it was it was evident in like it's been evident the past couple of seasons when you know, the Washington season that team no one really cared. Uh, the Houston season, like you could see, it, even though the, the couple, the the final OKC season, like he's never been a great shooter, and the shooting just fell off from what it was. But he's just like, it's just shot. Like he relied so much on athleticism, and the athleticism just isn't what it was anymore. He was never a great shooter, so his shot is just completely abandoned him because he doesn't have as much lift. I don't think pressure has anything to do with it. I think this man is just absolutely shot. And the other part is like, what I hate about this for Westbrook is like. This is how everyone thought he just like always played because the, the Lakers are getting the absolute worst version of Russell yeah. Westbrook, like the worst version. And so now everyone's like, this is who Westbrook's always been. This is what he's always done. It's like, no, Westbrook was good. Like he, he had great, great seasons in OKC. He was not the reason that they, they lost these games uh, no. when people think he 
they lost these games and everything. Kevin Durant shooting six for 31 in game six at home against the Warriors. That's what lost them that game, not Russell Westbrook. Uh, but like people just think like this is who Westbrook's always been. It's not. This is just who he is now, and this is just the worst version of him. And it sucks to see as, as somebody who enjoyed the best version of Russell Westbrook. And this seems to happen a lot for the Lakers. Like I said, I, I think I said this point on one of our very first episodes of FMC. The Lakers have the worst, the worst track record of any NBA team when it comes to building a super team. Every time we build Maybe they should trade team. for guys that are on the downswing instead of yeah, trade for them on yeah. the upswing. Yeah, that too. But yeah, every time we try to build a super team, we get the worst version of the people that we're getting. Yes, we got Gary, Gary Payton and Carl Malone at the tail end of their career, but we got the worst version of Gary Payton and Carl Malone at the tail yeah, end of their career. We got old uh, version we, of Malone and Payne. The we one time we didn't get a old version of Dwight Howard, and we still got the worst version of Dwight Howard. <laughs> That's true. That's actually true. So, the one time, the one time they tried to, to swing and get like the best version of a player, David Stern was like, "Nah, fam," and it worked. Exactly, the Chris Paul exactly. trade, like that one, was their their attempt, and like that was I, I talked about it with my friend, like. If the Lakers get Chris Paul, like how does that change the trajectory of that entire team? Like I think they win the title that yeah, year. Um, totally because like Chris Paul and we, was, and we would have got Kobe versus LeBron because yeah, Miami like, was going to make the the championship that yeah. season. So yeah, Chris Paul was like peaking at that time, and that's what they were trying to do. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. And I really wanted to see Chris Paul and Kobe on the same team. I think that could have been a lot of fun. Did Did I ever tell you about that week? No, I was no. so. I was so distraught in that week. And I actually, my sister, you know, wanted to cheer me up. She did a lot of like political stuff and she was invited to a holiday party at the White House. So I was able to get in a line of people that were there for the holiday party and meet Barack Obama, the first ever black president of the United States, one of my mentors, one of my heroes. And, you know, so many people are getting in the line. You know, they're talking about, you know, they gave us like a huge pamphlet of all the jobs he's created because that was one of the narratives that they put against him. But he created a lot of different jobs. So people were like, thank you for all the jobs you created. Oh, my God, you're such an inspiration first black president and then i went up there and you know what i said to barack obama because i knew barack obama was a big nba fan i was like what type of control do you have in the nba and can you overturn their decision to block chris paul from going to the los angeles lakers and i got that same response from barack obama he was like that's the best thing anybody said to me today so I I was I, I took an opportunity to meet one of the big one of the biggest you know figures in all of American history. The man who runs the world according I, to, to rappers. So that's why I was like, yo, he could he could override this trade. Man, David Stern is out of control. Let the Lakers have Chris Paul. <laughs> I love that you took your opportunity to meet Barack Obama and was like, hey, can we get this Chris Paul veto vetoed? <laughs> Did you put a bill in motion to get Chris Paul to the Lakers? What are we doing, Barack? Come on, I don't care. Whatever's going on with oil or anything else, I don't give a shit about that. Just get Chris Paul to the Lakers. 
I did not care. My sister, my sister is literally like, she was part bad, but could not stop laughing that I actually said it to him because I said, I told her, I told her, I was like, I think I'm going to, I'm going to talk about basketball with them. And she told me, she was like, please don't talk about this trade because she's very <laughs> no, about I'm, glad. I'm glad you did that. That's tremendous. That's absolutely tremendous. All oh, the fucking rules so much. <laughs> That that I was so adamant about that. I'm still upset. Ten years later, I am still upset that they vetoed <laughs> that Chris Paul trade because the Lakers would not be in this state. We, I did not like LeBron for much of his career. I liked LeBron when he was originally in Cleveland, but ever since the decision and, you know, I, I, I always have this kind of, you know, I always bring up Kobe on this show. I always had this animosity toward anyone that they told me was better than Kobe, whether it be Tracy McGrady, Allen Iverson, who's one of my, he's probably my second favorite player of all time behind Kobe. I had an animosity towards him when they said he was better than Kobe, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, and then they became LeBron James. So towards the tail end of his Cleveland run, I was like, um, I'm not feeling him as much as he, I like him. He's probably my second favorite player in the league. And then the decision happened and I was like, oh no, this was ridiculous. I was like, you're going to make a show of leaving your, your, your hometown. Like, no, no, I'm over this. I don't care what you did for charity no i'm not a lebron james fan but i would not be in this state where i have to root for this man if the trade did happen 10 years ago i think lebron still would have come to come to the lakers yeah, probably. Uh, probably so. he to wanted make, to make to movies make yeah he wanted yeah, to make movies <laughs> he definitely wanted to make movies oh man the, the lakers did they fire Vogel? Like that team, their body language is just so bad. It looks like they're like trying to get Vogel fired. And yeah. I just don't know if like they're going to pull the trigger on that move. I just think it's like, well, here's here's the mess we created. Let's finish this season with this mess. Yeah. Yeah. It really looks bad. It does not look like they want to play. We got 13 games left of the season. And you would think that these guys were just like, like some someone someone in their family has passed away. Like they don't they don't look like they have any passion to play. Like literally the guys that are playing the hardest are Austin Reeves and Stanley Goddamn Johnson. Like it's sad. It's really Those guys sad. Care. Those they guys care. care. Yeah, they care because Stanley Johnson's like, this is the only way I'm gonna keep my job. And Austin <laughs> Reeves is like, yo, I'm playing next to LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I'm good. He was like, it don't matter if I'm losing. He was like, I, I reached. He went in the league like a month ago. Like, of yeah. course he's happy. He's like, yeah, sure. I'm just getting some run. He's playing for that next contract. Ain't worried about this one. He's playing for the exactly. next one. Exactly. So yeah, it, I, man, I couldn't even tell you how they're playing recently because I stopped watching. I I, I ain't watching you. this anymore. I the Lakers play tonight. They got to play somebody, right? Let's see. Oh God, I don't. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. We got thirteen play. games. Thirteen but, games, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ready for this. Oh, season the Raptors. The Raptors. That's a team that like plays game. hard and everything too. That's like the Lakers' worst nightmare. Just a team that's just gonna doesn't matter what the situation is. They're just gonna go out there and just play their asses off. Yeah, that's a. Dude, the Raptors are nine point favorites, which is insane. I think LeBron is like questionable, but still nine that's point favorites. That's a dub. That's a dub for the Raptors, that's man. Insane. We we're about to be twenty nine and forty one. So, so yeah, with this loss tonight, we we have no way to be above 500 for the rest of the season. Yeah, 
well, they'll make the play-in, and then they'll lose the one-game play-in, and then LeBron will passive-aggressively blame everybody else. I mean, I think maybe moves can, will get made in the offseason. I think we could beat the Pelicans. I'm just going to say that. I think we can beat the Okay, Pelicans. but then you got to play the Clippers or the Timberwolves, and you're exactly. not beating one of them. No. No, yeah. we're not making it out the play-in. That's for sure. Okay, but okay. I think we yeah, can. Yeah. We can win the nine, ten, ten matchup. Well, congrats. I, I'm not even sure they could beat the Pelicans, man. Like Ingram's gonna score, McCollum's gonna score. That D, it's gonna be a shootout. And I'm gonna trust. I know one team has LeBron James, but like I'm gonna trust the team that actually has scores on their team outside of LeBron because Westbrook probably ain't scoring. I don't trust that Davis is gonna be back. I, I mean, I don't know why anybody would trust that. The Pelicans at least have a little bit of scoring punch to them, but uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I don't think the I think yo this West is kind of the Suns to lose. Especially if Chris Paul is not healthy, if Chris Paul is not healthy, then that opens it up big. But like dude, now, Steph is hurt. Exactly, we got the two most important, really the most important players going into this Western Conference Finals are are question marks with yeah. Chris Paul and 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 Steph Curry. I wouldn't be surprised, like even though I just trashed him for the first half of the show, that if the Nuggets do finish off in like the sixth or you know or fifth seed. They could make a run and get back to the conference finals with the way these injuries are playing out. Because, like I said, the the, the Grizzlies are a question mark. They're still a dark horse, so I don't really have that much trust in them. It's really Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, I have more trust in now. If if Chris Paul and and Steph Curry are hurt, the Suns are still really good. Like they're still just well balanced and well constructed. So, like I'm not sleeping on them at all, even without Chris Paul. Um, The Nuggets, like without. They need at least Murray or or Michael Porter Jr. back. They need one of them back because the problem in the playoffs with, with Jokic is like he's going to have to sit, and when he sits, they're going to get destroyed. It's very much Westbrook in, in 2016. It's just they they won't be able to stay, sustain anything when he sits. The team that like, let's say Chris Paul and Steph Curry are not like super healthy, the team that I'm not sleeping on is like the Mavericks. Because Luca is playing out of his mind. I don't even think that team's yes. that good, but like Luca is playing out of his mind. Dinwiddie's hitting big shots for them. The the way they just like play with the, the What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Five out and let Luca do everything. He's going to be the best player on the court every single series. It, it, unless, unless Steph is back, then it's close. Him and Jokic are so close, but like, I'm going to probably take take Luca in kind of a one-on-one setting. Uh, if, if, if Steph's not fully healthy and even over Jokic, as much as I love Jokic, like it does a lot of times it will come down to guard play in, in the playoffs. So like Luca's out of his mind and that team, the way they're playing right now, especially since the, the Porzingis trade, I ain't sleeping on them to possibly make some type of run. 
100% agree with you. Like, I have more belief in the Mavs and the Nuggets than I do the Jazz and the Grizzlies at this point. If we're if we're kind of putting, you know, question marks because of the injuries on the Suns and Warriors, I think that the Mavs and, and Nuggets have a really good shot of, you know, beating one of those top seeds. Like, especially if they get, if, they, if we do see a 3-6 matchup of the Nuggets and Warriors without Steph Curry, I'm, I I probably would take the Nuggets because they have the best player on the court in, in Jokic. Yes, Wiggins still been playing well. Clay's been getting into form, but there's two they like Draymond, he he's still he's still a little banged up. We got Steph Curry out. The Warriors are not looking like the Warriors of even a week ago. So it's not a good look for them to verse a, a player like Jokic, who's like we said, like we talked about his stats earlier in the show. He's been balling out. So yeah, I probably would take them. And then Mavs and, and Jazz. Man, I'm taking I'm taking the Mavs. I'm taking the Mavs. I don't have no yeah. belief in the in the Jazz. I feel the Jazz are a great defensive team, but when it comes to offense, it's Mitchell or Bust. So and that's yeah. a bad with the way the the uh uh Mavericks play with five out, like that's been proven. That's how you pretty much expose Gobert in the yeah. playoffs. Like so yeah, that's a that's a tough matchup for especially since they don't have angles uh to, to guard. I mean, I they even traded him, but before they traded him and he was injured, not for the season, to to guard uh Luca a little bit on the perimeter. And Mitchell I mean, he's been called out for his defense. They're going to try to get a switch off of all of that anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a tough matchup for the Jazz. Don't sleep on the Mavericks. If no. if Steph isn't fully healthy, if Chris Paul, even if, yeah, I still like the Suns, even if Chris Paul is a little banged up. But do, don't sleep on the Mavericks making a run possibly at the, at the conference finals. I just hate that the Suns basically are getting gift wrapped another trip to the to the conference finals and NBA how's finals. How's gift wrapped? They've they been playing all season. They've been the best man, team all season. Man, they they keep getting the red carpet in the fucking playoffs. I'm They've sick been the of best this. team all I'm season. SP three. How's that gift wrapped? They're getting gift wrapped. It's trips to the freaking NBA finals. They got okay. They, the Jazz have been healthy. And they just—they're the Jazz. The the Jazz. The Jazz jazz are the Atlanta Hawks of 2012. The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have been healthy. They're good. It's just nobody believes in them. But like they're gonna put up a fight and everything. The Mavericks have been healthy and good. Like there are tough teams out there. Again, the Lakers. It's not the. It's not the. Everybody else's fault that the Lakers suck. The Clippers haven't been healthy all season. That's just they've they've been dealing with that. Same with the Nuggets. They've just been dealing with that. The, the Warriors are kind of the, the one where it's like, all right, that one sucks because they're losing their top players to, yeah. to injuries. That one sucks. I don't think they're gift-wrapped anything. I think the gift West wrapped. is on a downswing right now. Gift-wrapped. The Suns have just been the best team in the West. They've been the best I, team all season. I've always Even without Chris Paul, fight. they've been the best team. I've hated the Suns since 1993, ladies and gentlemen. I've been rooting against the Suns. Barkley, Barkley, do yeah. something to you? No, I just don't like the Suns. They have really, I like their jerseys. The jerseys are really cool, <laughs> but but no, I don't like the Suns. I rooted against the Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire Suns. I will root against the Devin Booker. That's and the DeAndre team. That's Jordan. Team. That's the team that got me back into basketball. Like I stopped caring about basketball after Jordan retired. I was like, eh, league is kind of like down and everything right now. I just didn't like pay much attention. Jordan years, I was always all in. But then he retired. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then like the seven seconds or less, Suns came along. I was like, oh, 
this is fun. I read, I read, I read the book on them. Uh, I forget who did it, but like, it's, it's a whole book, like behind the scenes, like the, the, the person followed the the team around that entire season. So it's like really good stories and stuff like the way they would play. And this is when Steve Nash became my second all time favorite player behind Jordan. And like, I love that team so much. And Steve Nash, the original point guard. And your 30 year grudge is the son. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hold grudges for life. (laughs) I love JJ Super Chat as well. Open invitation. Yes. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to get, look, Barack, you want me to tweet Obama? I mean, I tweeted uh, Cody to see if he was signing. Oh, I'm sure I got to mute myself. Yes, yes. We we got to tweet Barack and ask him to come on FMC uh, and talk about the story of SP3 meeting him and asking him to veto the Chris Paul to the Chris Paul uh, okay. the Chris Paul to Lakers veto trade. Right. Yeah. Hey, Barack Obama, do you want to come on FMC and reflect? on i'll tag you at sp3 asking you to veto the veto of the chris paul to lakers trade i, I might actually like retweet can, it to make this also we can also talk other basketball there you go absolutely there you go everybody We we can talk about the Bulls, Obama. We can talk about anything. I mean, you won't like my opinion on your Bulls, but hey, we we could have a little fun with that. But that would be that would probably be the biggest guest possible we could get on. I mean, yeah, like I don't know who's topping Barack Obama. Man, I love this show. This show has made me expose the fact that I met Barack Obama. This show has exposed <laughs> the fact that my nephew goes out with the sister of Kyrie Irving. This is why you, you like, we got we got a few people watching. You guys got to spread the word. Start tweeting out. FFC the, the is problem, your like, favorite sports destination Friday mornings. The the why this is the this is like the most fun i have every single week this is why i wanted to do it weekly instead of bi-weekly the problem is like this is a w channel and it's like oh these dorks are talking about basketball like we're not gonna we're not gonna follow this stuff it's legitimately the best show we have on the channel i don't i don't care if it does like the least amount of views it's the best show we have on the channel burying all the other shows it's better than day after dynamite cares about that stuff uh all the shows joel does way better than all those show those shows uh yeah, it's, a, it's the best show we have on the channel. It's just the, the least watched because it's a W channel and it's like, oh, it's, it's basketball stuff. This is not of our interest of why we have subscribed. I love, I love like Friday mornings. They don't get anything wrestling related. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's just, it's the show and, and Degrassi dudes. And again, like these are the least watched shows on the channel, but I, I, I don't watch a ton of Degrassi dudes. I'll check it out every now and again because I like you and, and Jensen, but I know nothing about Degrassi and I I have too much shit going on to like start watching no this show. But like <laughs> I you guys have a lot of fun with it and I'm just like, everybody's just having fun on this. Like that's what it's all about, right? Who gives a Absolutely. shit about viewership and stuff? Absolutely. We do we do this for the love of it. And right. because J- J- uh Jeremy makes me laugh every single <laughs> Friday morning. 
<laughs> the stuff he makes me he makes me he makes me expose about myself. <laughs> the stuff that I've been doing podcasting for like five years now, and I've never said any of this stuff. So this is like the perfect outlet for me. <laughs> uh, um, I do want to talk briefly about Deshaun Watson not choosing the Panthers because I'm very excited that I don't have to like be awkward about rooting for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, great, great football player. He didn't play in a year, but I assume he's still very good at throwing a football. Um, I don't, the the, the sexual assault, the allegations and everything that are there, uh, I understand that it wasn't going to trial and stuff. Look, man, if 22 women come forward, that is more than just like, and when it, when we talk about trial and stuff, it's a lot of he said, she said type of thing. And so that's probably why it didn't, the, the evidence probably wasn't there, but I'm going to believe 22 women over whatever Deshaun Watson has to say. So I'm glad I don't have to awkwardly like be a Panthers fan and still be like, yeah, but Deshaun Watson, he's a piece of shit. Uh, just the team can suck this year. The Panthers can just be trash. We can win four or five games. We can fire rule. We can actually maybe try to rebuild again. Good luck in, in New Orleans. Good luck in Atlanta, wherever he goes, he'll torch us two times a year. That's fine. He's a garbage person. I'm glad I don't have to, to root for him. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you don't have to root for him because that's a lot and the fact that he's the guy that's going into massage sessions and getting these type of allegations, he, he, he doesn't have anything to stand on. He, he does have to stand on that he seems like his legal issues are away from him. But I can see him going to the, uh, to the Atlanta Falcons because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they're trying to solve their issue with Matt Ryan. So they're going to get him out of there. Um I don't want to see him in the league, honestly, because I, I really, I think, I think that there should be something with the league that they do with him, but that's besides the point. I imagine the league will suspend him because like Roethlisberger, he didn't. Exactly. He, yeah. The, and the league still suspended him. Uh, so I feel like the league is like still going to just like suspend him for four games, which is a slap on the wrist of everything. But like, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy. I don't have to be like, Oh yeah. Panthers to Sean. Great, great job. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't like being put in the, that awkward like position where people think that like I'm rooting for Deshaun Watson because I'm not, because I'm rooting yeah. for my team. And I would just rather not have those type of guys on my team. Period. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad he's not coming to, uh, to Carolina for for that reason. Great football player, just shitty human being if uh those, those allegations are true. And yeah, I'm going to believe 22 women over uh the money that the his if, lawyers have. If 22,000 soldiers say the same thing and saw the same thing, I mean, yeah. I, I and one general is saying it didn't happen, I'm sorry, I'm going <laughs> to believe the soldiers regardless of ranking, ladies and gentlemen. But it's kind of an interesting domino effect because, you know, because of this whole Deshaun Watson thing, that's why I learned about the whole issue going on with Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan. Then we got the whole thing with Baker Mayfield asking for a <laughs> trade. So, like, it, it's, like, it's like very – this is probably the most interesting NFL offseason in a while for me as far as, like, oh, the, different things going on. The the quarterback carousel is insane. Yeah. So, like, the, the EP is a, is a Browns fan. And, like, both of our organizations just, like, clown shoes – right now it's like the, the panthers can't figure out what they're doing at quarterback because they missed on watson so it's like all right do we have darnold do we draft a quarterback do we trade for ryan do we trade for baker 
And the Browns, they fucked up everything by going after Watson and then pissed off Baker. And so now he's looking for a trade, but then they won't honor that. I was like, our teams are going to win like three games combined this season. Like we're just going to not watch football all season. We'll just, we'll just root for other teams or something because our team's going to be trash. We don't know who's playing quarterback. We don't know who's going to be like just on the team in general. So yeah, football we, season we just need like canceled in this household. We need like a FMC fantasy football league with me, you, EP. Uh, maybe we we'll get we get a couple of our our watchers in on it or. People we can do a fantasy football league. I'd love yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for that. So, so we all have a team for root for because me myself, I don't have a team. I haven't had a team since Peyton Manning retired <laughs> from the NFL, and I've kind of stand firm with that because you know we gotta get you a team. SB three, dude. If 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 Peyton Manning never would have had his issues with the Indianapolis Colts, I would have stayed loyal to them. I would have stayed loyal. The way they treated him on his way out, I was like, I can't mess with y'all. The Broncos, I always felt was a temporary thing. I wasn't gonna stick around. Yeah, Russell Wilson left. now. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog, uh, dog. I'm, I'm happy. My boy Stag King over on True Hill. He, he stayed with the Broncos. He's another Peyton Manning fan that stayed with the Broncos. So I'm very happy for him. Russell Wilson on, on edibles is the best thing that's happened to his <laughs> social media. So I mean, I'm, I'm down to watch them, and maybe I made even throw my hat in there before old time's sake just for next year to see how he does over there and to see how they do in the afc maybe i'll throw my back i still got my broncos uh hat but i'm I'm sorry there was also that i also the reason why i can't root for the broncos is what i've never been as embarrassed as i was going to a bar for the Super Bowl when the Broncos <laughs> versus the Seahawks. Uh, and I was there alone. My friend didn't show up until like just into the second quarter and the game was already over. That was like the most embarrassing sitting in a bar. You had a whole bunch of Seahawks fans cheering around me. I felt pathetic. And I, I still hold that against them. Even though they won a championship after that, it really wasn't Peyton that won idea. them the championship. It was their defense that won them that one. So, yeah. I thought I thought that like that Broncos team was gonna I thought that game was gonna be a blowout in the other direction. Me too. I was I was sold on that Broncos team because I, I love Manning. I was like, yeah, like the Seahawks defense is good, but like Broncos offense just looks to be on another level. They right did. Now. And obviously it didn't it didn't quite go that way. And then yeah, when when Manning got back to the Super Bowl, it had to be against my team and like he didn't even play that well. Like he was yeah. he was shot by that point i'm glad he went out on top but he, he could have gone out on top against a different team all right let's get into uh tv reviews you still haven't you haven't seen this week's episode of south park but you watched last week's what do you think of last week's i loved it i i i i, I very much got what you and like romeo and uh, other people that watch south park were telling me how wholesome it was and really you it was very easy to get the 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 punchline and the story going on as soon as they was like oh you gotta go with the teenagers and then you started hearing what the teenagers were saying and i love the ending bit with randy about to take we should take them out but not yet we still got a couple of more years before their teenagers too so like that yeah that was that was a great episode and took you back to like the vibes of like the earlier seasons where this is like an episode you can kind of see not in the, the same order as season 25 and it kind of stands out on his own where you can see it and you would think that it's like a, a season five episode or a season 10 episode it's like one of those earlier seasons i did agree with that yeah i i thought last week's was 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 great and I, it was great at the end. Like, now we got a few more years. It's like, these kids have been like eight 
for about 25 years now. 25. <laughs> <laughs> this is why like it, it's just going to hold up forever is because like they don't they don't age or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it's just it's just always going to hold up. And there's eight year olds acting like they, they are fathers to these teenagers, the my teenager type thing. <laughs> My, it, my, you gotta, my <laughs> yes you gotta admit you gotta admit like when they when they do the initial stuff and it's like all about guns and stuff i thought they were going like anti-gun pro-gun type type of yeah. thing like i thought they were going to touch on that stuff and like there were still like parts of that uh you could see what like the stances are and they touched on it a little bit but they did not build like the whole episode around it uh which was good i love the i love the scene where like when Cartman finally shoots, Kyle is like, "This is the greatest day of my life," and he just he gets him with the with the headshot. He's like, "This is the best. Nothing's ever gonna top this." Cartman was tremendous that one, and then when he gets uh, he catches the teenager in the bathroom and just like yes. lights him up. Yes, he was like, "My teenager keeps going into the bathroom with lotion. I don't know how much dry skin does he have." That was just great. It was yeah. just so freaking great. It was just a really good episode. Episode. I I enjoyed it. I laughed. I watched it with with the uh, wifey as well, and she enjoyed it. So it was a nice good time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today. It's been like Fridays after I'm done with everything. I've been able to kind of settle in and watch uh South Park because wifey also wants to watch like Bel Air and stuff like that with me. So how is that? Other... How is this Bel Air show, dude? It's really good because really? they did it didn't fall into the trap of trying to make it a remake. I think that. That's the, I mean, yeah, it's like a drama, right? Like, it's yeah, not comedy it, at all. It's, it's literally, it's literally, they took the story of of Will, you know, the the whole theme song, basically, yeah. and him going to to Los Angeles, and they basically turned it on his head, where they basically tell you that Fresh Prince of Bel Air was the good side. That's like the oh, that's like what we put out into the public, but now we're seeing what was happening behind closed doors. Like oh. that's how it really is. Like they have changed a few things, like. Uh, you know, Hillary's not as aloof as she was. She actually cares about stuff. But it makes sense that Hillary, if you put the Hillary character in 2022, what would Hillary be? A high school dropout who's like the princess of Bel-Air? She would be an influencer. That's what she is. Uh, you know, they had the elements of like Will and Carlton. Like a lot of people I heard early on were like upset that they felt like Carlton's character was a little bit too different. But they don't really those people that said that don't really remember that Will and Carlton the first season did not get along for a yeah. majority of that. And they've kind of taken the character in a different direction and try to like make it more dramatized where, you know, at first it's a little off putting, but you get used to it after a while and you want to see him come around and the actor that they got to play will he gets the will character and the mannerism and everything so i very much enjoy it and i've been recommending it to everybody that it's not what you think and there's a lot of shows that they try to remake and try to make it like the old one this one is not it's a reimagining of of fresh prince of bel-air not a remake I, I didn't think it was a remake at all, mainly because like when you watch the trailer, you can just tell it's a drama. So I'm like, yeah. well, they're not just gonna do like campy. Like I watched the, the Say by the Bell reboot and everything, and like there's a oh. lot of 
the like cliches yes. that, that you see in the original Saved by the Bell. And I don't have an issue with it. I, I think I, that, I actually do like the, the yeah. Saved by the Bell. I'm not, I'm not gonna front. Like yeah, I, I think it's I, good. I, I I actually like. I love. Uh, what's her name? Lexi. Lexi yeah. is like my favorite character <laughs> from that show. And uh, De- I think it's DeAndre, the 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 dude with the afro. I love him too. So I very much like the Saved by the Bell. But that tries to be a remake of yes. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and when I saw the Bellow trailer, I was mainly just like, "Why? Why do we? Why do we need this? Why do we need a dark version of of say of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? What? Nobody asked for this. I, I do get that. I do get that. <laughs> like that's my that's my biggest holdup. Is I'm just like, I don't need a dark version of this show. I love the original. I I don't always like watching like too much dramas nowadays. Anyway, if I'm gonna watch like anything dramatic, it's just gonna be trash reality television. Temptation Island is back, baby. Let's go. I see oh, you being hyped. I see you. Oh, hyped. dude, I love that stupid show. It's Man. it's just garbage TV at the worst. The ones we've been watching, me and wifey, reality wise, has been uh, the new season of Catfish, which we've been very much enjoying. Okay, we've been very much enjoying the new season of Catfish. They've been a lot of good, good episodes lately. Um, the Ninety Day Fiance, because we still have all those uh, spinoffs that we have to catch up on before uh, the new season of the main show starts. And then Jersey Shore Family Vacation, which is like a shell of the old Jersey Shore, because yeah. I. I, I I I like go back and watch that old Jersey Shore. Like that is peak reality television for it me. Is. Like like Ron and Sam. Like there will be nothing like that. There will no other relationship in reality television will be as toxic as Ron and Sam. It's yeah yeah that the original Jersey Shore was. I might say like real world really like kicked off yeah. uh, reality television stuff, but Jersey Shore like really took it up. To a different level with everything that that is peak reality television right there i watched some of like the early seasons of like family vacation and i'm just like man these guys are just still doing this shit but they're they really are like like they're moms and dads and shit now yeah. it's like it's 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 definitely different like it's cool it it is like a reboot of of the, the you know the shit we've seen but i i did watch a double shot of love because i love any type of like uh trash like dating show like that like reality competition like dating stuff i love that shit because i mainly love it because it's like this is not how you fall in love like no how many reality television couples like last like they win these shows we watched uh the new joe millionaire thing um and yeah it was just bad just trash tv (laughs) but like we we watched that and one so there's two joe millionaires and one was like One's an actual millionaire and one is broke, but by broke, yeah. he still has like hundred thousands of dollars in the bank and stuff. Like he's still very well off. Uh, and then the, the one person who was broke, she was actually like really like financially wealthy and everything. My, my point of all this is like, they were together like after the show stopped filming for like two months. <laughs> it's like, y'all did this whole process, everything and said, Oh, we love together forever proposal, whatever promise rings, whatever. It's like, they just broke up like two months later. <laughs> Dude, I, I stopped believing in that. You know what really, what was the show that kind of broke me as far as like never believing a relationship can last after the whole thing is, is flavor of love. Because oh, yeah. it, it, yeah. like, dude, literally, it was twice. They did it twice where he had the reunion. And by the time he did a reunion, you could tell the relationship was over. It was the same. It was the same shot with double shot. Like they got to the reunion, and it's like, yeah, we don't really talk anymore and stuff. It does seem like a big issue with that, and I don't know how it is more more nowadays. Um, 
but at least like with that is because they want to like keep it a secret of who like wins and stuff like even after filming is over you can't like talk to each other or like be seen and stuff because then it gives away who wins and so like that can i would imagine be pretty stressful of like hey we just went on this whirlwind we were together every day you're competing for love and you fall in love and everything and then for like two months you just can't like see each other because unless it's like in a sneaky manner because like we got to protect the show of who actually wins because if everyone knows oh this person won i saw them out together in public and everything then nobody's gonna watch the show so i imagine that'd be pretty hard on a relationship yeah yeah and, and i think that's like mainly the issue for anything that i've that i've seen i haven't really watched double shot of love but out of that Paulie met Nikki, which he's still with, and they seem very serious, and they seem like they're on their way probably sooner rather than later, because it seems like every season of Family Vacation, somebody gets married. Like, Wow <laughs> got divorced on Family Vacation, and now she's about to get married to the wrestler 24, so it's like, yeah, she this is all it seems like this is always the theme and even like Vinny has been funny at the last couple of family vacation episodes he's been talking about how everybody on the on the cast gets a party but he does it like literally uh the situation has had a party for getting baptized again for his in for getting his independence when he was all he's off probation he had his wedding his wedding his uh baby shower like it's ridiculous the amount of uh of parties situation at, but it's great to see situation and root for him compared to yeah. what he was during the original season. Yeah. When I watched the the family vacation, the the first couple of seasons, it was so much different because he was yeah. a complete asshole. And like the original season now, like he's turned his life around and everything. It's really good to see. Good on him. It really is. It's like, it's like, yo, you used to be the worst character, the character yes. that I rooted against. And now you're the one that Ronnie you know, is still a piece of shit. Oh man. They, he, you heard he's off the show again. Because he had, oh, is he? Yeah, because he got uh, into the the new girlfriend that he was about to. They had the whole first couple of episodes of this season. He's like talking about he goes to Jersey to meet the girl's parents and uh, you know, ask him if he can ask her to get married. He's only been going out with the girl for like five or six months, and then the very next scene we go to commercial. And the very next scene is oh, he got into another fight. He's on TMZ, and now he's gonna be off the show permanently. Man, I watched in the first couple of seasons of that, and I don't know the girl's the girl's name, but it was just you could tell it was the most like toxic thing ever. It's like, yo, you gotta, you guys gotta knock this shit off. Like, you gotta grow up, dude. Everybody else has grown up. You are still yeah. like thinking you're your Jersey Shore and you're you're back on the the boardwalk. And shit. he showed like, it. He showed it almost immediately because, like, you as a viewer, you saw the difference in situation, and he's still holding on to grudges from the first series. Like, yeah. oh, you got in the way of my relationship with Sam. Like, no, you got in the way, Ronnie. You're the issue here. If he, yeah. if it's if it's if it was you and Sam, and now it's toxic. Okay, you can just say that. But then you got with the Jen girl, your baby mama, and that was even more toxic. Her slapping you in in Las Vegas in the hotel and stuff. And then you get with a third chick, and then she's like seems like very nice, very wholesome. And then you get into a whole blow up with her. You're the issue, dog. So I'm glad he took in, he's taking time off of the show. Yeah, I, he just needs to be off the show. Sammy's not like doing the show at all, right? No, no, no she's she's like scarred. She's like scarred from I that first series. She, yeah, she's I don't like, her. yeah, she seems like she's just completely moved on, and she's yeah. 
she's a mom now and everything seems like she's happy in her relationship so bless her she didn't need to bring her family no no uh and angelina is back like now so she's like actually a part of the show and she's like usually the one you root against because she's still annoying and she's like having issues with her husband and she like her husband cheated kind of like cheated on her and she's like stepped out on her husband so (laughs) that's where like a lot of the drama comes into and then there was the whole thing with her wedding and uh the girls like did like this tried to do this funny speech that didn't get over well and there was like a whole beef between them before the pandemic and stuff so there is like still the drama there but it's not as like epic drama as like the first series was but i did want to ask you a question tv related is because we found out a couple of episodes i think two episodes ago you're an oc fan and there is a person who i view as the most toxic character on the oc so i wanted to hear your your impersonation or your impression of them marissa cooper I, oh. I that is the character I hated the most from the OC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, she was of of like the main four. She was definitely the most like hateable because like you root for Ryan because like he's just down on his luck and he gets like taken in by the family and like he's still like he just doesn't know how to act around all this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, Summer, Summer like sucks in the early seasons, but then she she really turns it around, around and everything. And then Seth, you just kind of root for him from. From the start. Just, oh, Seth, Seth's like the best character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorky Jewish kid who just, you know, wants to just enjoys his comics and just wants to be loved and, and everything. Yeah, you were from Seth from the start. Uh yeah, Summer sucks the early season. Marissa is just kind of kind of horrible throughout. Uh she gets a little bit better uh with certain certain relationships. Uh like the when she's uh with Olivia Wilde's character, like she she's not too yeah. bad there. Yeah. But there's always like the Ryan baggage with her uh we, we're gonna do an oc i think after entourage we're gonna we're gonna rewatch the OC for sure for and, sure uh, i'm down i'm down do it. I, I love that show it's so good uh okay. speaking speaking of entourage the these two episodes so we got the sherpa in the script and then bbc at the beach uh sherpa sherpa in the script so vince is with the this new yoga girl he's of course got a new girlfriend because every, every episode yeah every episode <laughs> But we finally we we move things along here because now we meet Josh Weinstein. Unfortunately, last name, but we we meet him, um, and he pitches the the Queens Boulevard script, which becomes a big you know a big thing throughout uh, the season and, and a little bit past the season. So we get we get Queens Boulevard introduced to to the entourage world. And Vince has got the girlfriend who wants to read everything, wants to do everything for him. Has turned him into they tossed out the meat and everything like that. There's a weed drought in LA, which I'm not sure is a real thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe it is. I've never been to LA. I have briefly, but like, maybe it's a real thing. Uh, I don't feel like it, all of LA is just can't find weed. But we get Val Kilmer as, yes. as the Sherpa, which is so fucking good. And uh, the EP is watching it with me. And she's like, who is that? Like I recognize, but like he's you know he's got like the long hair and the beard and stuff. He's not fully like rec- and especially the the one scene where he's got like glasses on. She's like I can tell, but like I can't tell. I was like that's Val Kilmer. And she's like, oh, it is Val Kilmer, and I was like oh shit, he's so good. Um, he is. He yeah. was awesome when he meets Johnny Drama. He's like Johnny Drama, Drama from Viking yeah. Quest. When it's the new season. He's like he's like we've been off the air for over a decade. <laughs> Bummer. 
That was great. I love it. I, yeah, I loved Val Kilmer in this. He was kind of the, the the that was one of the highlights. And then when they meet the uh the person who's like the I guess the executive producer for the movie, and they have the weed and they smoke in the car, and then the yeah. cops come and it's like Vinny's like, hey, hey, you know, it's my fault. It's like, oh, Vince, like, hey, like, I love how just seeing Mrs. Face like takes everyone off guard and they just don't want to do their job anymore. It's like he has this like he's like putting the putting the thing and hypnotizing them. It's crazy. It's when he uh when they, they go to the, the dinner and everything and the producer is like, Are you high? He's like, actually I am <laughs> <laughs> let me is like so I'm gonna order this, this and this, and we're gonna go and then he's like, wait a second, you actually got weed and stuff? And he's like, Yeah, you wanna go smoke it? And then yeah, the cop comes and then he's like What's up, guys? Just... Yeah, I love, I love, I love E. Like, are we talking about weed or are we talking about the script? And the producer's like, we're, we could be talking about both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we, like, it's been a little bit more evident the, like, last episode. But this is where, like, E starts to really, like, stand up for himself more against Ari. And is, like, really taking control of what Vince is doing. Because Vince wants to do Queens Boulevard after he reads the script. And everything uh or after the girlfriend reads the script and then he says he read it uh but he like really takes control of like all right well josh wansey got us this uh and now like you didn't even know about this and ari of course is trying to protect and everything is like well the producer doesn't like him so explain that to him i do like a scene where vince is like taking pictures of van and he's just like vince the producer thinks you're a dick what do you know about he's, he's like, like yeah, sure. he's, he's like, like sure. right, what other holdups you got <laughs> what's next <laughs> I love it. That was that was great. But no, the the Busey and the Beach is uh, the highlight of season one. <laughs> and I knew me watching it, I was gonna die laughing when Ari got to the house and does yeah. this beach. Oh my god, he's a pencil stealing. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he drinks his drink. He's like, oh, it's garbage. <laughs> Dude, he comes in and like the single, like the the roving shot of like yes. him where where he's like, hey, he's just talking to people. He's like, so I just called your boss, and you know, does he know you're using the house and everything? And she's like burying Weinstein with everything. Yeah, he's just like, this guy is like, I'll take every single one of your client. He's like, if you want to meet Chuckles the fuckface clown or whatever, <laughs> then you're calling you're calling Josh. Anybody else? Like, I'm taking everybody. Your trashy reality TV show writers, your C level movies. I'm taking all of these clients yo it was just so gangster how he did it, it just was. Like, the music the roving shot and then him just completely tearing down weinstein <laughs> who up to this point seemed like the most confident person in the world yeah. and earlier in the show we kind of get like the kind of a little bit of a backstory when he meets emily and they're like oh we worked in the mail room together under ari and emily's the one that has to tell uh them like oh they met with uh josh weinstein josh weinstein was the one they gave even Queens Boulevard, and he's like going into a meeting. He like turns around. <laughs> Get little Vince on the phone. I love, yeah, I love him calling him little Vince. Get little Vince on the phone, and then, and then you got Turtle uh, breaking the the, the uh, art, the art from uh, Busey, and then Busey with his speech at the beach. He was like, "I'm gonna oh. horrify you." <laughs> oh, that was that was so good because we're we're watching it, and th that scene comes on where he's just. He's going off on Turtle. He's like, Turtle. He's like, yes. It pours the water on him. Like, I'm a pyramid you and everything. And EP's just like, I'm pretty sure he's not acting. 
Like they just had him walk up to him and just started filming and they're like, Gary, just talk. And then that that's what came out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, probably. That sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> just the, that speech and the speech at the art art museum too. Uh, that was another one where I was just like, that's Busey. Like that's not yeah. that's not anybody scripting Busey. That's Busey probably ad-libbing a lot of that. 100%. 100%. Oh, man. Um, and then when Ari, after he tears down Weinstein, he meets with Vince and Eric and like shows a little, you know, shows a little compassion about yeah. stuff, gives the honesty. He's like, all right, well, here's this, this, and this. Ari wants to make money. Of course, he's an agent. He's like, Queens Boulevard, cool. Like these indie movies, look, man, they ain't making a bunch of, they ain't making a bunch of money. Okay. And then you're not making a bunch of money off of it. So he wants the, the big blockbusters when he got everybody in the pitch meeting and everything. I also love the scene where he's at the birthday party. He's like, look, the kid's not having any fucking fun. Like, he had a clown. He's not, not having a laugh and everything. And then the clown tries to give him his tape. And he and used the tape as a coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Ari, Ari tries to leave and, and he's, you know, he's talking to Mrs. Ari and then she finally, oh, fuck, what'd she say? He's like, oh, you gotta be back in time for cake. He's like, what? Fuck that and everything. He's like, you gotta be back in time for cake. He's like, okay, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I love those moments with Mrs. Ari. They own so much. And then I love him with the little little like affection towards uh, drama at the end. When um, drama, the whole episode is going through the midlife crisis. They try to get the girls to yeah. be like, oh, we love the Viking quest. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite episode? The Volki. He's like, get out of here. He was like, that's, that's Turtles. That's Turtles' favorite episode. Don't try to fight me. I was like, yo, drama. Drama said no. Oh, man. I love drama in this episode and him talking to, like, the waiter and stuff. And then finally Ari telling him, like, yo, give uh, homie a call. He got you, like, three auditions. He's like, Adam oh. Davies. Adam yeah, Davies. Adam Davies. Adam Davies, who, who we should remember his name because he's going to come back into this. Yep. Yep. I, I, I forgot that this is how, like, Adam Davies – started because i was like oh that name oh yeah he plays a much bigger role in upcoming seasons like oh shit okay okay and then e is a dick to emily with yeah he just wants to do business he just wants to do business and he's a shitty he's shitty when it comes to relationships he's really bad when it comes to women (laughs) and this is not the first woman that he kind of burns (laughs) not the first won't be the last when it comes to e (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> bless that man bless that man and all the women he's able to get <laughs> all the women he's he fucks over as he, as he does all this stuff <sighs> all right so we got two more episodes of entourage next week we got another you got to watch this week south park next week south park and then uh yeah more basketball talk yes we, we wrap sure the up. lakers will still suck Jokic will solidify his spot as the mvp of the league, he will continue to solidify his spots. I don't know what Embiid's going to do. I'm flopping around. That's what Embiid's going to be doing. SP3. Embiid is going to be getting up to that number two seed and make this debate even better for me next week. But yes, find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3, and I'll be back here in like 10 minutes on Degrassi Dude. Yeah, stay stay here, fight for overbook to grassy dudes. Uh, I will be on Twitch at about 1.30 with Joel Pearl. I don't know what we're playing. It's either going to be Portal or WWE 2K. Depends on maybe just how I'm feeling and how much I feel like doing. Uh, so we'll we'll be on Twitch again today, and then coexisting with Rob and Maggie is at three o'clock. So a lot of stuff to do today here at the uh, the overbooked and Twitch offices. SV3, I appreciate it. As always, again, check out Degrassi Dudes with Jensen and SP3. Uh, oh, oh, I know it's wrestling, but I do want to plug it. 
uh, our interview with Carl Fredericks drops today. Jensen and I, we, yes. we, we talked to Carl Fredericks for like an hour and 15 minutes. Very long interview. He talks a lot about Shibata and his time in, in New Japan and everything. So it was a great interview we did. So that drops, uh, I believe, at noon today. So everyone can check it out. That's on the Fightful Media channel. And check out uh, me and Rick Cucino interviewed uh, Tucker Knight, Levi Cooper, oh. over on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. We talk about a lot of the storylines with heavy machinery over like the year and during the pandemic and him leaving the company, how he feels about the company right now. It's a really good interview. Check that out. There you go. Go check that out. Uh, and check out uh, everything with the Believe in Wrestling with uh, Rick and SP3. Rick actually just messaged me. He probably wants me to listen and transcribe something. I'm not going to do it. Pro- probably uh, to Levi Cooper. <laughs> I think it's actually Cardona. Oh, Let me nice. see. Hold on. There you go. No, it was Levi Cooper. I just saw a man in like a, a vest, and I thought it was Cardona. I didn't actually click like the DM. Yeah, it's it's Levi Cooper. Uh, you guys want one want us to want me to transcribe all this stuff uh sv3 appreciate it always we'll be back next week guys enjoy your friday have a good weekend uh have a good say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill